Hello and welcome to Back to Basics with Sandra and Lyndall. Today we have a very special guest, Cohen. Cohen is a professional boxer, ranked number three in the Australian Super Welterweight Division. He has 14 fights, 11 wins, four by knockout. He is also a father of two, runs his own PT business, and is here today to share his story. Wow. You what did an introduction. Did. <laughs> what an introduction. That was professional. Yeah. So good. Like so thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Very pro professional production from the from the uh, behind the scenes <laughs> all the way through to the introduction. So no, thanks for having me. We try. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so boxer and PT, what came first? So I've been boxing since I was about 13, 14. So that was first. And, and I was teaching, I guess, pretty young, around like 16, 17. I first started teaching and holding pads for people and stuff. Yeah, I've been pretty much fighting since I was uh, turned 15. Wow. So how did you get into it? Because I feel like at that age, you know, the kids are playing footy, they're playing soccer, you know, that sort of thing. They're not really like throwing pads, you know. Like, how did you get into that? Yeah, well, so, yeah, I played soccer like when I was younger as well. So, like, you know, normal sort of sports, grew up playing normal sports and was pretty athletic and whatnot. Uh, and it was my old man that followed boxing. So right. he always followed it. He, he boxed when he was younger, but he never had the eyesight to fight really. He had you know, bad eyes. and But... That, I remember like watching it with him growing up. My first, one of my earliest memories of boxing was um, after uh, we'd watched a fight and then I remember him being in the shower and doing like the big like Oscar Dula. Oh, bless. Yeah, yeah. It made me think, oh, that, that sounds pretty cool. And those <laughs> lights look all right. Yeah. So like, you know, it was, I think that was where I first caught my eye and, and started out fitness and yeah, gone from there. Cool. And you've, um, you mentioned before, um, when we were chatting that you train out of Blacktown PCYC. Is that your where you started from? Is that where you met your coach? So I've been with my coaches, my my old man, my dad is my first coach and wow. I've been with from day one and, yeah. and my uh, head coach, Rodney Williams. I've been with them from day one. Um, but no, we started at a gym called Blacktown Hit Squad and we've pretty much like being like loyal to the gyms until they've closed. Like we've had a few gyms close and we've now been at PCYC Blacktown for about three, four years or so. So we've been there for a while and it's a good home. Like I'm, I'm born and raised in Blacktown. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really good place for like a lot of kids that are, you know, disadvantaged or like don't have, um, you know, the finances or the circumstances to, to, to maybe go to other gyms to, to be at. Mm -hmm. So it's been a cool home and a good place to box out of. Yeah. And when did you know that like, boxing for you was kind of more than a hobby was it like something you always knew that it was going to be when you started or did it kind of just click no like um no it was just fitness at first hey like especially with like for mum like it was it was just fitness mum so <laughs> and we we're just like hitting pads and yeah like it's you know and even when I went to the gym I was still just fitness and then I think when I first went to the gym I just started like enjoying it and was decent at it that was pretty mm. much it you know like just walked into the gym and I think something I've like because I did it from pretty young and I had my old man with me so I had a bit of more confidence than others and I think that's what I sort of realized is a lot of people just struggle to go walk into a gym or walk mm. into a circumstance that would make them feel uncomfortable mm. like especially you know like a combat sport something like that that you know it can be a bit intimidating and whatnot, but I was lucky to sort of be introduced there and it is just another normal place full of some of the best people you ever meet. Um, so yeah, I just sort of fell into it in that manner. I'm a competitive person and like when someone hits you, it's, it definitely like yeah. fires that party <laughs> up as well, you know? So. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny because I am I used to be a competitive powerlifter so my mum was always like, oh, don't injure yourself, like don't hurt yourself. Like would you say your mum is like kind of protective like that as well? Yeah, I think it's like a mum. That's a mum thing. It is my mum. My mum <laughs> yeah. never went to my brother's fights because she couldn't watch, yeah. oh, really? watch it. Yeah, she's right. My mum wouldn't even let my brother play like football, like contact football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My so mum always has come to the fights but she'd sneak in like some red wine in the purse oh, or something. Oh, bless. Like, 
trust her. Yeah, I feel like me and your mum will get along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get into any fights at school? Not really. No? I've always been like a chilled out person. Really? Like avoidance of okay. like, I, I think there's like a couple of fights too. I'm like confident in myself. I don't feel the need to prove anything. And yeah. also like I just don't want to hurt people. Like why would I hurt people? Unless I'm getting paid yeah, for it. Yeah, I was it about to say, to. unless there's a, yeah. a check involved. It's a bit of paradox. I know like I'm a bit of a weird one like that. Like I'm, I don't know, a lot of fighters probably don't feel or think the same way, but I'm a pretty gentle person and like I'm a loving person. And like outside of like someone challenging me and telling me that they're better than me in my discipline and my art form and the thing I've put my whole life and work into yeah. outside of that I don't want to fight people yeah. unless I have to and then like you know that has happened on occasion but no I've had I've had 90 plus fights in boxing I've had maybe 3 or 4 fights outside of that in my life yeah that's pretty yeah. good yeah. so when was your first it. fight yeah as a in uh, as an amateur, amateur when I was yeah. 15 just after I turned 15 so wow. trained for about a year from 14 and then had my first fight at 15 and then yeah so that's what like yeah about I had about like in the amateur days I was having 10 to 15 fights a year you know, you fight a lot regularly. Yeah, they just throw wow. you into everything, you don't they? You just pump it out <laughs> back to back. You learn a lot through it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to grow up. And so tell us about like the kind of journey from like being an amateur boxer right through to professional. Like what did that kind of take? Yeah, a lot. Like it's a, it's a long journey. And like it's, it's one of the things I say to ex- a lot of the younger blokes I see in the gym, the guys that are just a bit less experienced directly through boxing or whether it's PTing or whatever, um, I see them – facing a lot of the same challenges that I face in different forms like injury injury, Mm -hmm. you're going to get injured as an athlete you're going to get injured you're going to probably almost always be injured if you want to be a professional athlete in some manner Um, you know like losses bad decisions blah 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 blah. you see them all and the one one big thing I say to a lot of the younger guys is that the hurdle will continue to come in infinite shapes and forms Mm. you just got to keep jumping Mm. like it will keep coming it will just keep coming and you just got to keep jumping like you know you don't know like we're talking about with property or any of these things a lot of the time there's these unforeseen circumstances that are mm. going to arise and it's just about like staying true to the path and just doing everything you can possibly do. Mm. And that's that's been the big thing is like as I've developed from an amateur to professional, I've, I've lived a professional lifestyle. Um, I've, I've lived as a professional athlete like through my training um, and it's just about doing all the right things, you know. Like I've, I've, I've partied, I've done all the wrong things, I've not disciplined myself and I've, I've, I've lived outside of boxing and, and I know that that's the recipe is that like if you just follow the path as true as you can, stay disciplined to it, ignore all distractions, mm-hmm. you will, can go far down that path. You know? Is that something you taught yourself or did you get professional help for that or did you have a mindset coach or a mentor? A bit of everything. Yeah. Like I've been boxing for 12 years and, you know, through having almost 100 fights and just doing that and getting punched in the face, like that's a good reinforce for a mm. person. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So like losing, like losing in front of people, getting beaten or getting hit, they're mm-hmm. both good learning reinforcers. So I've learned a lot through my fighting. I've also like s- s- actively s- seeked that out, you mm-hmm. know, like the learning from others. I'm a big believer that you're a, the average of the top five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. So whoever you're hanging around with, and I'm hanging around with them, like I don't know if you can you guys you like can everyone swears I've on this I've hung yeah. around with a lot of dumb fucks yeah I've hung around with dumb fucks I've done the wrong thing I've hung yeah. around with people that are just floating through life and like one thing I continue to do these days is put myself in bigger rooms like make myself the smaller person mm-hmm. in the bigger room you know instead of being the big fish small pond feel the other way like feel where you're like under pressure yeah. you've got to perform and like mm-hmm. maybe people are looking at you like oh, this guy here you know like that's that's good mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy there and I, I want to be there um I think mean, that's one of the biggest keys for that whole that whole growth thing, and and uh, so yeah, I think it's both. Like I learned it through doing it, and just through watching and hearing and being told it. Yeah, 
Do you feel like you've run into any obstacles like injuries and, you know, sort of things that perhaps have slowed down your progress to being a professional boxer? Yeah, heaps, you know, like um, it's something that, you know, I, I reflect on, on my career and how I've gotten to where I've gotten sometimes and think, oh, I wish I just, you know, there's parts of me that thinks, I just wish I did everything right and just box and just stay. Mm. But then also I wouldn't be who I, I am now. Hindsight. You can't, exactly, you can't wish anything away. It's, yeah. it's all for a reason. All that, I'm a big believer in all that stuff too. Um, but like the obstacles, yeah, there's been some massive obstacles. Like I broke my hand, I broke bone off my hand and had to have surgery when I was 17. Like my parents aren't, don't, aren't in a great financial position. They forked out 10 grand and I had I was off boxing for 10 months, trained every day with one hand and, you know, like make my way around it. And I broke that hand over and over. You know, I had, I've had mental injuries too. I've had like mental, you know, health issues and, and drug addiction and, and fuck, like, yeah, kids. There's hurdle after hurdle. But that's that's what I mean is like, that's why I just try to say to people, whenever I see someone like fall off their path, it's a shame because that's all, that's the biggest thing is consistency and just continuing, mm. continuing on. And your, um, how have your relationships changed over that period? Like you would have lost friends, gained friends, um, your partner, like how, how is that? I think that's the biggest thing. Like when people say, oh, like who are you going to get on to your podcast? And they're like, oh, these, you know, famous boxers or athletes. And I'm like, I want to actually know about the partner side because mm, they're mm. the unspoken, like unspoken about and they're the real heroes because they have mm. to go through the weight cuts, the all the training, look after the kids while you're busy. Like how do you, one, how do you maintain like being a father and a partner during that period and how important it is it to have such a good person in your corner? Like yeah, home. yeah. It's it, and it's as you said something that people don't realize. I think, but it's it's a it's a team sport. Like as much mm. as I get in there and I fight and I compete, um, the amount that my partner Brianna does and you know has done through the years. We've been together since we were kids, pretty much. She's yeah. been there the whole journey. She's seen it all. And there's periods like there's periods where she, you know, even her sort of belief was waning. Maybe you know, like because it's it, that's what chasing a goal and a dream it starts with you you know the dream you see it you can mm. envision it you might not even have the confidence to speak it and you just have to do it and believe it and then slowly other people believe and the closest yeah. people might not and, but you know she's always believed in me and stuck true and, and now we're starting to reap the benefits of it um the amount she has to yeah it, it's, it's, a, it's a two-person game like as much as i'm working two jobs and doubling down and, mm. and putting in all this extra effort she has to do the same yeah especially when we're raising family and whatnot um and like in regards to like how that's affected relationships in general and I guess like maintaining just like being a normal person in life as well as a fighter. Yeah, that's something like, like I struggle with that heaps at points, like being able to put my personality in boxes, like my myself in boxes is sort of how I've put it in my head. Okay. Like trying to be a fighter, someone who's got like no um, – is like a shark the way I look at it. It's like mm -hmm. a shark going to kill, you know, no emotion. Think about like a shark going to get like yeah, yeah. it's not going through like dun, 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 I'm a shark. It's that, would just, be, that would be me as a shark. Yeah, singing, yeah. You're <laughs> clean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually singing true. along, enjoy. Yeah, but you know, like a, you think of a shark, it's black eyed. It's just yeah. going to do what it has to do. That's a fight, you mm. know. It's just like my white mode almost. Yeah. Exactly. So and then yeah. being a father and trying to be like raise little children is the exact opposite. Yeah. And like I've been like the wrong You're people like a bear. the wrong time. Like yeah. Yeah. You want to be like yeah, like loving, cuddling safe and 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 then just being like a normal person with friends and family it's definitely been hard over the years mm. i think the way that i've looked at it over the years is that life becomes more streamlined as you get older mm. you know like it gets more um each each action becomes like 
more streamlined and more valuable. Mm-hmm. You know? So the people you interact with, you have less friends, but they're good friends. Valuable, and yeah. like the people, and then you know who you are more. You're more streamlined. You, and because you're more streamlined, you know who you are more. Everything else sort of follows suit. Mm-hmm. Friends is one of those. And yeah, it's like funny. It's one of those. Sh- it's one of those cliche things. Hey, of like success, you lose mm-hmm. friends, you're gonna outgrow people. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I think it just comes down to it's. It's very hard to be a herd person and, a, and an individual at the same time. Like, how can you separate yourself from the herd and be an individual and grow and prosper and do you and also like hang with? Yeah, the herd? everyone. Yeah, yeah that's so. right. And um, did did your friendships change or people that you hung around with change, like when you were winning? And then obviously you've you know experienced losses as well. Do people just want to see you when you're under the bright lights and they want to be around you then and then they disappear when you don't win is that yeah big yeah time. it's actually like funny it's all the it's fun it's like very interesting as i said it's been very interesting like being something who's like being in a mental health facility being yeah. like people screaming around me and being in the very low places mm-hmm. and then being in this position now where i'm pseudo famous in a mm-hmm. little very small sphere and i get to experience like how that fame sort of thing works of like as you said, people do not give a fuck about you. No yeah. one cares about you. Mm. No one cares. Like other than my 10, 15, 20 people that have been there the whole way mm-hmm. and that have been tested. And that's a big thing as well that I've learned through losing people, relationships, yeah. is that you don't know like who someone is or how they how they think or feel about you until it's tested, like yeah. until she hits the fan. You know, like until she hits the fan in some yeah. manner. Um, I, I refer to it like the way that I refer to my family or like my like best closest people mm-hmm. the people that i would like trust it people that i would have in the trenches mm-hmm. you know like wartime if you're like literally yeah. in the trenches and like they would die before you they'll yeah. die before oh they're mm-hmm. not gonna like break they're not like weak people they're not like self-centered whatever mm-hmm. that like that's how i think about people now that are, that are close to me yeah um but yeah you see yeah like for sure it's funny it's actually almost laughable some of the people that like don't want to talk that turn their back on you in hard times and and basically like shit on you and then after i win fights i get texts from people that like the last message was basically like blah, 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 like you know and then the next then i win a fight and then we they're like great, great win whatever else i'm like bro i'm like, like you're so long gone in yeah, my life like you're that's and the thing is i know that person that sad loser that has to say that negative shit and like hate whatever is sitting in the same position that's why they're like oh yeah they're like they just suck soul suckers like people are just there's mm. soul suckers those yeah. people so so you mentioned mm. drug addiction before. Like, when did that kind of all start for you? Um, I didn't really t- start taking drugs at all till I was like, like, old, like eighteen, twenty, you know. And I started smoking weed, um, twenty, twenty-one or so. And mm. then that like eventually rolled into like I guess that sort of rolled me into addiction because I just started smoking. I, I like as my boxing career went. Like I had a, I think I sort of like looking back in hindsight, I think I had a bit of like a um like a midlife crisis sort of like young like mm. mid early 20s because i was having my baby like I'm, my fight career was not where i wanted it like i was nowhere near i wanted i'd had like multiple bad decisions or losses just set back like build myself up get like my head right i'm, oh, I'm gonna do this and then i just get denied by the universe again and again and then i was sort of broken down from that had my baby on the way and was just as i said sort of freaking out mm. smoking like 24 7 smoking weed like 24 7 like wake up through the day at work smoke all day um all night and i was like you know missing training missing things because of it what were you doing for work uh this is when i worked in property as a buyer okay yep. yeah so i worked as a in property investment mm-hmm. for about five years and helped people invest in property so yeah not the best <laughs> not the best day. to help people make money <laughs> hey, i don't know it says something about me i can perform i'm a high performer uh, funny. i'm a high performer you're making that green <laughs> for sure <laughs> making that green yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh 
Yeah, and then like I think as I said, it was just like me not identifying that I was depressed and like hiding it with mm. things, and then you know doing more different drugs like liquid G, fantasy, and uh, psychedelics, and like coke, and a bit of everything, you know, just much. everything that sort you of can think of. Anything, yeah, <laughs> and then and then yeah, basically, uh, you know, yeah, I just sort of went down a, a rabbit hole of. I think I, I was trying to figure out like I don't know. I think a lot of the things I say sound crazy to a lot of people, but for me. I was really trying to figure out like why, like why are we here? Who am I? Where do we come from? What's purpose? What's the meaning of life? Like where do we go? What what matters? Like because this shit doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) But like, but also like I'd sort of thought about that already beforehand because I was just like, fuck this. Like this isn't. There's more Mm. to this. There's what is this shit? Should be a reason. Yeah. Yeah, Just sort. I think I was brought up to be like that. Like my old man was. My parents were sort of like anti-establishment attached. You know, and it was just sort of like, oh, Mm. don't question, don't question information, doctors and whatever. And like, I've sort of grown up that way. And then psychedelics, yeah, that very much goes like, pff, like, why are we playing this game? Yeah. We're playing a game. I, I really see that in yeah. high performers, though. Like, I think we're we're so focused on you know what our end goal is, right? We're we've kind of always having these conversations with ourselves, like, am I doing what I'm meant to be doing? Mm. Like, am I wasting time? I don't have much time, so mm. I need to make sure that I'm yeah. doing what I should be doing. What's like, my purpose? Am I really happy? What's yeah. my purpose? Uh-huh. You know, and I think. I mean, I go through that every time I go on a holiday, really. <laughs> I'm on this holiday and I'm like, do I want to move here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, yeah, no. I yeah, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's true, though. So I guess, like, you know, like going through that phase in, in your life, how did you pull yourself out of it? It was a long process and it's like a everyday process. So, like, what you just discussed, like, what you just mentioned there, the way I put that is called self-awareness. Mm. Like, once you have self-awareness and consciousness and you're not just a robot or, like, a sheep, like, brainless, yeah. you know, a sleep person, you have consciousness and awareness and there's, there's this stigma these days that, like, anxiety is a bad thing and we always are mm. fighting against anxiety and everyone's anxious. Everyone's got ADHD. Taking medication everyone's got for it, exactly. yeah. Anxiousness is the internal battle between your lower self and your higher self. It's a good thing. You should be having anxiety because if you don't and you give in to anxiety mm-hmm. and you stop the internal battle, you have to you go into depression. Mm-hmm. When you stop that internal battle and you're not trying to be a better version of yourself, you'll be depressed because you'll be your lower version of yourself mm-hmm. and you just accept things as they are and now you're a creature of circumstance. Now you're intaking things to keep yourself doubled down and be there again. Mm-hmm. If you want to be if you have self-awareness and you develop anxiety because you know you can be better and you want to do better and whatever else. that's a good thing but then it's hard to manage that and that's the process is yeah, managing people don't that. have the brain capacity to do go through that process i think they do i think people are scared i think i think that like we're brought up i think the, when i when i look into myself like because i've questioned myself like I, i've hated myself like i've wanted to kill myself at mm. points and like seeing myself as like the most disgusting horrible person ever and and i've also loved myself like and being completely enlightened and bliss and just one with the world and I think like, yeah, being able to identify who you are, mm. you know, and, and break that right down to that, like that before school, before your parents, before mm. anything was conditioned to talk to you, like, what are we? You know? mm. Mm. What are, what are we? We're just, we're breath. We need oxygen. We need food. We need water. And then from there, when you start building and like thinking about what, like how you were, you know, what values are taught to and what things are important and how mm. we think about money and how we think about like relationships and how we value life, you realize that like none of it really makes sense. Like mm. none of it actually makes any sense. It's like a constant tug of war, right? Yeah. And it was I all fed to us. It was all fed to us and we just absorbed it. We didn't question it. And I think now that we're coming to this later part of life where we're kind of detached from our families a little bit and we try and find ourselves, we just start experiencing things for as we are, yeah. not we're like, is this what I really want for yeah. myself. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Mm. Yeah. So you went to a mental health facility. So mm. um, I think I was listening to one of your other podcasts with Main Event, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you your partner called the ambulance and police mm. um, and they came with capsicum spray and all the rest of it. So talk us through that. That must have been traumatic for everyone involved. Mm, yeah? It was. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. At the time, it was it was like the hardest thing a lot of the people around me had gone through and whatnot. How and old especially, were you? Especially um, like 22. Wow. So, yeah. So. Um, I like I think as well in hindsight it's funny because now I'm starting to see it and now I'm starting to like understand it on like a normal level but mm. like the people um, admire me and like want to like follow or learn from me for whatever reason and like it's now I'm starting to like see that and, I, and it's still like oh why but like before <laughs> well, you're on our podcast <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go but like a few years ago I was like I didn't have any awareness mm-hmm. of that and I yeah. wasn't professional. Like that's a big thing. Once you're a professional athlete and you're on yeah. TV and you get that sort of feedback. Yeah. Back then I didn't really have that. I think like when I look back in hindsight, I was such like a big – I was like a strong character in a lot of people's mm-hmm. uh, minds in, in my family and like friendship group and they couldn't they, they couldn't firstly understand like um, why, like how, how I'd gotten there, why I hadn't spoken to people about it, anything. like. And, and that was one of the biggest things I learned through the whole experience was how um, – little understanding people have of mental health of like people mental health is like a hot word these days it's like a buzzword mm. hot mental health, mental health is, and it, it, it's just non it's just it's hot it's, it's it's a shame because i think the more things are like when something's like parroted like that and it's used and it's, mm. you know, it's just like loses its value That's and people don't even know what it actually means anymore people are like, mental health, oh, are, you, are you okay oh sweet cool did my job yeah. I feel like sometimes <laughs> like, people see it as like a weakness as yeah well. like, yeah you know, and so they, they don't want to reach out for help or get treated and, and do those things. And so you get to that point where it's real bad mm. because you're like, well, I can't really speak about this. It's mm. like a bit taboo mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though it is such a widely talked about thing, there is that element of taboo. Yeah. Still, like it's like, that's feel. what I mean. Even though it's more talked about, it's not broken down the barrier, you know, like it's more talked about, but it doesn't, the broken barriers not working down. Suicide rates aren't going down. People mm-hmm. aren't healthier and happier mentally. So what's going on? There's multiple factors to that as well, I think. But yeah. Did you, was it the Haydn's, I think you said that you were having your baby at that time. Did you mm-hmm. have postnatal, like, you know, yeah. men go through postnatal. Is it called perinatal? I don't know what, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to, again, I don't like to be like, oh, I've got this or that. Yeah. But I was, I was for sure like in, de- not denial, but like, I wasn't ready to like settle down and like be, mm. se- I'm a pretty wild person. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Like, and, and, me and my very luckily my me and my partner missed my Mr. Brown had planned to have babies at a point. Mm. So it wasn't like, you know, Surprise. the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, this was earlier than we sort of were planning to, mm-hmm. but roll with the punches. And it's it's like such cliche. All the like that's what's like so fucked about growing up is that all the cliche shit, all the shit you hear from like your parents or older people is like real. Like, you know, that mm. thing of it's it was the biggest blessing I've ever had and it's the best thing I was gonna it was one of my biggest fears was having babies before yeah. I was like planned to or too young and it's literally literally made me, you know, like yeah. and that's what I say about my dogs. <sighs> <laughs> same way a toddler and a dog same. Same. almost the exact same pedal, you feed it <laughs> almost yeah. the exact almost, same yeah 100% yeah, so. um, I asked that question because my partner experienced um, I, I think he experienced postnatal depression he yeah. went into a really dark hole um, but it's not something that they speak about often and it's just like oh you've got mental health he takes some take mm, some medication some take some Lexapro yeah. here you're fine yeah. you know they don't try and actually say like you've got this and this is what you do and it's normal and it's, it happens you know so yeah well, I yeah. think maybe like 
because that's because again all this stuff like I'm always pondering like why like why am mm. I doing it right like I was I've been fucking like not doing it right and yeah. <laughs> like what's the difference between me and others and yeah. so I'm always pondering this stuff and how can I teach to others and stuff but I think a big big part of that is the fact that, as you said like a lot of people especially guys don't want to be vulnerable mm. it's hard to be vulnerable I don't care about being vulnerable because I get punched in the face yeah. I've been dropped by body shots like in the gym and like, I've been embarrassed and like been made vulnerable my whole life and now I couldn't give a fuck like I yeah. literally couldn't give a fuck like and and um, yeah. How do you create that? Like, how do you? Because you can say it. I'll oh, be vulnerable. Like, or put. But the the, the the big thing for me in life as well, as much for anyone, but especially for men, is that there's no um, there's no tests anymore. There's no like mm. tests, no physical, no strain, no force mm. tests, no like exertion of will, willpower, and like testing oneself. And once you exert your willpower, you're gonna. You know, like let's say just war, like war. war mo- the last few generations have grown up in war times or mm. in some sort of war period or famine or hardship. The general COVID. population. <laughs> well, there you go. That's our version. Which you think about it how you think about yeah, you think about what the warriors are doing yeah, there yeah. compared to like the soldiers doing. Yeah. Better. So, like as a soldier, you're gonna go. You're not gonna. Not everyone's a soldier, but you're gonna know who mm. is and who isn't yeah. the soldiers. Or if mm. in, in in like if it's physicality and physical combat is in general more accepted and a normal thing in society, most people, more people, are more physical. Mm. We're gonna know who is and who isn't. You know yeah, what I mean? We're going to know where people are at. Mm. These days, we don't know where people are at. No. And yeah. because information has taken over and it's information and talking and social media, everyone's confused between who is and who isn't. Yeah. And no one even knows. You no can one just even paint knows. yourself as however you want in whatever mm. world you want to paint yourself in. I'm, I, the, one of the biggest things I love about boxing is that I'm living, that I live in a real world as much as, much as possible. Yeah. And it's so full of fake shit, too. It's so full of fucking mm. weak people and like fakers and liars and people that play between the lines. Yeah. But at least it's like, you know, you know that person. Like yeah, everyone's worked that person. He's like, oh, I wish I could knock that person out. Yeah, I get to. You get to I get do to. That. Yeah, 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 this guy. I'll be like, fuck, these guys are gronk. And I'll be like, oh, line it up, coach. Line it up. Yeah, that's how we go. Yeah. So it's a big advantage. It's a lot more real world. But yeah, it's, yeah. There's so many aspects there. Yeah, men are confused. Men are like weak. Men are. Um, have low testosterone and like mm. soft and scared, and then so women are directionless, and mm. then they're looking to other women all the time or to turn <laughs> him into that. or turn them turn themselves into the man yeah. and like i think that's where all that shit comes from because like there's lack of men lack yeah of men. yeah like, I'm, the masculine I'm, i said I'm, i totally said before myself like i'm not going to claim to be as masculine as my dad like the last generation before but i'm fucking manly compared to most men yeah and i'm also uh uh happy to express myself emotionally feminine blah blah, blah which i think also makes you a stronger man so yeah yeah Men's mental health has, um, there's all these campaigns now and I think it's kind of taking away from the the seriousness of it. Like there's all these, you know, they wear jumpers and they're part of this like men's group and, you know, there's one, there's a famous one, I think it's like Talk To Me Bro or something, Mm -hmm. Living or like, anyway, it's all about mental health but I think they're buying into, they're making a campaign out of it but rather than really like getting to the deep issues, I think that's a bit of a, a thing mm. happening now as well with social media it's so issue it's so easy to mm. turn a bad thing into a selling point like make market yeah. and make money off it yeah and well, like what's most people's reasoning like most people that are like money driven that are business driven that are going to like build something big aren't the same person that's like genuinely just wants to like help yeah mm. that person's sort of like doing it and they're not like let's build a business and build up like <coughs> found things and that like, yeah. so it's like that's where like I, I, I don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do how i'm gonna do it exactly but slowly that's what i'm trying to piece together like mm. how to how to be extremely successful and live the exact lifestyle i want to live while also like building giving mm-hmm. back and like not taking like doing it like mm. in a 
building so mash and giving how did mash you and... get into coaching then um my first time doing it was like a, a guy i'd asked to sponsor me he said how about you pt my kids or train my kids and i'll sponsor you like that so he just you know he started i started PTing like that mm -hmm. when i was about 17. um and then but i sort of fell away from it when i got into full-time work and going through uni and stuff um and then just in when i was it was in COVID, like in the middle of COVID, i was as a working in property as a buyer's agent um my box i'd had my first professional loss i believe no yes i'd had my first professional loss and i was like i'd gone through this this mental health stuff and i'd come through with this on your awareness and like realization of like like everything's made up basically and i can make up my own reality if i if i choose to mm. and I was sitting in this meeting. I was sitting in this meeting with pretty much the same people I've been working for for years, talking about a similar subject, doing the same sort of thing and just freaking out, having a panic attack. Like just sitting there like nodding and like I'm just sitting there having a panic attack about my career's not going where I want it. I'm sitting in this shit job, mm. blah, blah, blah. I have my second child on the way and we're building our first home. And I'm wow. thinking, fuck this. And then I just quit work. Like literally the next day, I didn't tell wow. my missus. It was in the middle of COVID, had no plan. Oh I had my two, goodness. I had two PT clients that I just started doing. I was like rough. I was like, I'll PT and I'll, I'll figure it out. And I just fucking had no money in the bank and nothing. Was just like, couldn't do it anymore. I was gonna, yeah. Like I was just, it's as much as even if I was gonna do something stupid or bad or whatever. It's just like, I can't. I can't. Like who I am and how I work. Like I get to a point where it's like I can't. I'm gonna. I got to make a change. Like, I'm gonna just. Yeah. It's. Yeah. At the end. You're at that point. I'm at yeah, that yeah. breaking point. And I have a tattoo on my arm, and it's one thing I've lived by for a long time, which actually was the thing that made me make the decision, which is no risk, no reward. And I live by that, that if you don't mm -hmm. take risk, you're not going to get the reward. You don't, you don't, yeah. don't, don't the safe person doesn't, isn't a great person. But I remember seeing that in the mirror. I was thinking about this stuff. I saw it in the mirror. I woke up and I thought, fuck this. And quit work. Yeah. And then, yeah, didn't tell my missus for like two weeks. It was like, Figuring out, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing? You, do. you, you make it work, you know, you make it work. <laughs> Luckily, I, as I said, I grew up in Blacktown and you figured out how to make it work. And then, <laughs> and, but then, you know, PT, start, 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 mm. start PTing, just get message gyms, just hustled. And luckily I had like enough of a name sort of in yeah. this community to, and, and what I realized going into it, I was like, I could have done this. It's just self-belief. Like it's mm. just someone with 10 fights is an expert in my field. Yeah. And like, say if you're in the top 80% of a field, like which doesn't take necessarily heaps of time and effort, mm. depending on what the industry is, yeah. you're an expert. Yeah. Mm. And it's how to use that. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I remember I was telling my husband that I've got you coming on today. I'm like, oh, have you heard of, you know, Colin? And he's like, oh, he's a sick fighter. He's like, yeah. He's like, and I was like, okay, relax. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he fought like, um, we had someone at daycare. His dad mm. used to fight as well as some guy called Saleh. Saleh also me. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, him. And he's Sally. like, yeah, he fought him. And he was on, the, he's on this card. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, relax. It's a small world. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty right? small, it's a tight community. But it's, it's like, it just goes to show that like you're a respected person because he, he, like you know guys easily pay out people you know like you know they're not in the ring but they can say what they want about people but yeah it just goes to show well that's what like uh, yeah. that's one of the cool things with boxing is like you know that whole not getting in fights and not having an yeah. ego whatever else is like as i said you know it's a hierarchy like it's the hierarchies in the world don't make sense a lot of the mm. time like your boss your whatever else mm. you're like oh why is this guy there like i'm smiling him whatever yeah boxing it's like pretty straight up like you walk in a gym and everyone knows who's the best fighter who's yeah. the best like who's a lot because you just punch fuck over each other like yeah like, what does sure. that feel like <laughs> can we try that it takes time <laughs> don't come near me i just got my nails done yeah no, I don't want to <laughs>